Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us for this time today. We hope that this message will encourage you, build your faith, and help you thrive with God and thrive in life. Now to the message. We are in a series that uh, we are calling, What Matters Most? you don't get paid for. Um, and uh, we're talking about this. This really came from uh, a, a podcast I was listening to, and this man was recounting being at a, a very successful person's funeral. Uh, he was a mover, a shaker. He was so successful, so many things that, that like, they were massive. And, and how there was uh, the public funeral, but he got to go to the private funeral. You know, you're kind of someone if there's a public and then a private um, funeral. And so he went to the friends and family funeral. And something that he realized is, and what he saw is that everybody who went up there who knew him didn't talk about his great accomplishments. They didn't talk about his great achievements. They didn't talk about which he, they, they could have very well talked about. But actually, they talked about the kind of friend he was. They talked about the kind of father he was, the kind of spouse he was, the, the kind of grandpa he was. And that at the end of life, it really, when you're gone and you're no longer there to have any influence, what people are talking about, you know, really matters. And what matters most, I believe, is relationships, is relationships. Uh, uh, what matters most, obviously, is our relationship with God. But we're talking throughout this series, we're talking about our relationships with our friends, our chosen family, with our family. Uh, we're, we're talking about relationships with our community. And last week we talked about how uh, something that every single one of us, an element we bring with us to every, into every relationship, and that is me. You bring you, me, I bring me, and, uh, and it de- how your soul is determines uh, how you go into a relationship, that you prosper to the extent of your soul. And we talked about that you can't just make yourself uh, do well, m- mind, will, emotion, but that it is Jesus. And uh, so we're going to continue today, uh, and the title of my message is Greenhouse. 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 Uh, now, my, my family, <laughs> my family, uh, we have a zoo pass. I think one of the grandparents bought it for the kids for uh, Christmas. And really, it's a gift that I like because I like going to see the animals too. Going around, seeing the polar bears. Whoa, amazing. They're incredible. Uh, the polar bear got a woo. Um, and, uh, but that one of the things they have there is uh, this big greenhouse. Uh, and it's not the color green. It's like a glass house with tropical plants in there. They're plants from all over, uh, and, and they're tropical. They're beautiful. They're amazing. And you feel like, ooh, I'm in somewhere else. Even in mid-February, you can go in. You feel the humidity, the weather. You gotta like, you're like sweating. You got to like, oh my gosh, I got to take off this layer. And it is so nice, though. Uh, and these plants are flourishing and thriving in the midst of February in this, uh, in this greenhouse. But now if you took these uh, tropical plants and you left, say, half of them, you brought, left half of them in the greenhouse and you brought the other half outside in our February weather, uh, which one is going to do better? Obviously the greenhouse. Obviously the greenhouse. In case you're like, Josiah, I don't believe you. We, uh, have, we did an experiment. Uh, no animals or children were hurt, but a plant was. 
this plant was left with a window open uh, and, and facing the window this way. And uh, just the little bit of temperature change on this plant, all of a sudden, this it looked really nice at one time, but it died. Why? Because what happens is temperature matters. I'm not going to say whose plant it was, um, but temperature matters. Uh, that there is an intentional climate that is set in a greenhouse to cause the plants in there to flourish, to thrive, to be established, to grow. There's an intentional climate there. There's a, an intentional humidity there. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's not like if you were to take that plant outside where it's one day we don't know what we're getting in Calgary, right? One day it might be raining. One day it might be snowing. One day it might be minus 35. The next day it's plus 7. And like, do I know it could rain, snow, and hail in the same day? You don't know what you're getting. Uh, and so a plant in that condition, uh, we're not so sure how that will uh, go. But a greenhouse, it's designed intentionally to have consistency. And, and for the, the temperature, the climate within the room to cause it to flourish. Now your home has a climate. And I'm not talking about the one that's hooked up to your furnace. A, a climate that either facilitates growing and flourishing relationships, that causes a, cli a, cli a climate stagnation and maintaining. We're not dying, but we're not growing. Or a climate actually where it's like outside, where it's like that you're, you're having to fight to keep your relationships alive and they're struggling. See, your home has a climate. Your home has a climate, a climate of maybe peace or chaos. There's an atmosphere, a climate or a way in which you communicate in your home. Uh, the way you talk to one another, is it fiery and explosive? Is it, is it a dialogue? Is it one day I'm not sure what I'm going to get? A climate of, of, of priorities even. In your home, you have a climate of these are the priorities I have. A climate of priorities. Uh, 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 there's even a spiritual climate in your house. Is there a hunger for God and the things of God? Or is it a secondary thing? That is it, is it, well, as the wind moves, then we'll go that way. But each of us, I believe, set the temperature in our home. That each of us set the temperature in our home by our actions, by our reactions, our inactions, interactions, and any other shuns you can think of. <laughs> but we, we set our actions, how we respond, set the climate of how our home is. And when our actions, when our reactions are left on default mode, when it's just left on default mode, I believe that it's, it's like having the plant outside. That, that you actually don't know what is going to be the climate in your home? That, that the home is based on, am I, Josiah, am I having a good day or a bad day? If I'm having a good day, the climate's going to be good. If I'm having a bad day, well, it might be a little rainy inside. But as with plants outside, I think if we leave it to default of it's however it will be, they will struggle 
and, uh, and it will be more of a, a struggle to flourish in relationships. But what if our home could be like a greenhouse? What if our home could be like a greenhouse for our relationships? That where we, where, where, what it causes our, our, our relationships to flourish and thrive. That, that actually there would be an intentional temperature that we set for our home. That, that, that we actually are intentional. Like spiritually, we're intentional about the temperature in our home. The way we talk to one another is intentional in our home. The way we, we uh, love each other and respect each other is intentional. That our home could be a refuge and a place of growth to cause our relationships with our spouses, our kids to flourish, to cause us to flourish. You know, we can be intentional, I believe, to set the temperature of our home, a climate that our relationships would flourish. Now, if, if you're here today and you don't have a spouse yet, you're looking and believing the Lord for one, or you don't have kids yet, and you're thinking, oh man, probably should have just stayed home, watched the pregame, and uh, watched Taylor Swift's boyfriend play something. <laughs> can I encourage you that, that I believe this actually applies to you today where you are, that you can use uh, this to apply to your house right now, but as well, when you do have someone in your life, that you can actually start practicing it now so you're not playing catch-up later, that you can apply with it now. You know, a greenhouse a greenhouse, it actually, uh, it sets its own temperature. It's not, it's not dependent on what is going on around. It sets its own temperature of this is the right temperature for the plants to thrive. There's an intentional climate for growth. And if you think about it, this is actually what God did. This is actually what God did. In Romans 5, Verse, uh, verse 8, it says this. Romans 5, verse 8 says, But God demonstrated his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So he, God took the first step. He wasn't waiting for perfect conditions then for him to move. You know, for, for, for Josiah to get his act together and then I will move. No, he said, while we were still sinners, while we were still broken, that Jesus came and died for us. See, God set the temperature. He set the temperature. He made that move to say, this is the climate of our relationship. That it's going to be based on what I have done. That's set now for a climate of relationship with him. But I think... At times, I think at times though, uh, we, can, we can actually do the opposite of like, when, when, when you do this, then I will do this. When they speak respectfully to me, then I will show them love. When, uh, when, uh, when, when putting conditions on my actions, my interactions, my reactions with them, and waiting for the perfect climate to do that, when actually it is my actions, how I speak, my reactions that set the climate itself. So it can be a vicious cycle, a, a crazy cycle of I'm waiting for someone else to do something, they're maybe waiting for me to do something, and it's like this tornado of, of, of it's, it's not an intentional climate. 
putting conditions. Now, I thank God that he didn't like have to wait for me to get it together to set the climate, to make the first move. That, that while we were still sinners, while we were at our worst, Christ came, he died for us, and he said, come to me. I could not add anything to that. You cannot add anything to that. We see that he made the move to set the climate. Right? Romans 3.10 says There's no, uh, there are no righteous, no, not one on our own. So regardless of what's happening in the atmosphere or around us, I believe that we can choose, I will set the climate for my home. That I will, that I take responsibility, I will set the temperature, the climate in my, in my home. And I believe this is a quality decision. That I will set the temperature of communication. That I will set the temperature for spiritually where our home is. I will set the temperature for love and respect. Uh, by my actions, how I speak, how I react, rather than waiting for someone or something else. Uh, uh, now, I, I'm not going to give you, now here are 10 things to do as a, as a husband to, to, to now make your house a greenhouse. Here are 10 things for you to do as, uh, uh, you know, to have your house a greenhouse for your children. Um, you could ask ChatGPT that. Um, you could go on a blog and there would be 20 things. Here's what you can do to make your house do really well. Um, and really, you could do all those things, but really what that is is change behavior. Change behavior. And I think change behavior is, or behavior modification on its own is kind of like plugging in a space heater outside and just turning it on and letting it go. There's something happening. You're using a lot of energy. Like if you get little really close, maybe there's something, but eventually that space heater is going to burn out and then you're back to where you were. Right? First Samuel 16, it tells us that people look at the outward, but God looks at the heart. See, God cares about the heart. He cares about the heart. Um, God is concerned about the heart and the motivation behind what you're doing. See, because Proverbs 4 tells us that, that our heart sets the course of your life. That guards your heart above all else because it determines the course of your life. See, he's concerned about and cares about the motivation behind it. So what should that be? Rather than here are 20 things. What should the motivation be to cause your home to be a greenhouse for your relationships? Well, we see, we see God's motivation of what, what caused him to do the first step, the first move to, to, to come to us. In John 3, 16, it says this. It says, God, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That God so loved. See, it was love that caused him to come for you. It was his love for you. It was because of God's love for you, that was the catalyst for Jesus coming to earth, because he loves you. It was the motivation that caused action, that now created the climate, that now, what Hebrews says, that we can come boldly before the throne of grace in our time of need. That there is now nothing separating us from, from God because of what Jesus has done. That we are restored, that we are forgiven, 
Why? Because of love. Because of his love. God's, God's love, we, we read even in Romans 8 how it talks about that, that there is nothing that can separate us from his love. That his love, uh, there, it is, it pursu- his love pursues us. There's nothing too great for his love. And see, God's love set the climate for our relationship with him. God's love set the climate, so, and that then in turn caused action. Jesus, God so loved the world that he gave, that he gave. Uh, now, the meaning, of, like, the meaning of the word love, I think in our vocabulary today, I think is kind of watered down. Like, I love my wife, Natalie, and I also really love Dairy Queen blizzards. <laughs> so, but there's a difference. Uh, so, and on different levels, right? Yes. <laughs> well, uh, all days. So what is love? When it refers to God so love, what is love? In the Bible, there are four kinds of love uh, described. And, and when you see the word love, it, it's translated from the Greek, and there's four different translations. There's eros, which is like the romantic love. Uh, there is uh, storge, which is like the family love. Uh, there's Vilea, which is like the friendship or brotherly love. And then there is agape, which is the God kind of love. The love that is unconditional. Agape love, what that is, is, is that it is truly unconditional. That it was God so loved, there's no conditions on it. When we, when we read in Romans 5, 8, that while we were still sinners, that, that God expressed his love in this way, while we were still sinners, that word there is agape. In John 3.16, that word is agape. In Romans 8.38, uh, that word is agape. The God kind of love that is unconditional. In other words, you can't add anything to his love. You can't do anything more for God to love you anymore. Your good works, you also can't do anything uh, more to co- cause him to love you less. Because it's unconditional. There's no conditions. There's no little asterisk somewhere. There's no fine print. God so loved that he gave. Uh, and we actually see that, that, that God, that he loves us first. In John uh, 4 verse 19, it says, we love him because he first loved us. He's the initiator. He initiated. He set the tone for us. And now I'm only responding to him. I'm only responding to him. I think agape love is actually, that word is translated even into 1 Corinthians 13. Maybe you've heard it at a wedding one time. Uh, But let's go there. 1 Corinthians uh, 13, which says this. It says, so this is describing agape, the God kind of love. Love, or agape, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And verse 8 says, love never fails. That is describing the God kind of love. How God has now loved you. How God has, has loved you. And in Romans 5, verse 5, it tells us that the love of God, that very love, that agape God kind of love, now has been shed abroad by the Holy Spirit in your heart. 
So that today, now, now hope does not disappoint because the, uh, the love, agape, God kind of love, unconditional love, the love you can't add anything to or take anything away, has been poured out in our hearts. Your heart determines the course of your life. Interesting. Uh, our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. See, the love of God now has been poured out in your heart. So you have that agape, God kind of love. I believe the same love uh, that was the catalyst that caused the climate for us to now have a, a relationship with God, that now you have that agape love in you. And that agape God kind of love is to be the catalyst for you and I behind our actions, behind our interactions, behind the, all the other shuns we can list that set the climate for our home. See, it's the God kind of love. That, that would cause a climate, that would set the motivations, that would cause the actions to produce a greenhouse so that your relationships can flourish and thrive and strengthen. Uh, I believe it's an intentional choice. When our actions, our interactions are out of that, they're motivated by being patient, kind, not jealous. I think the opposite of jealousy is, is actually generosity, uh, uh, not, self, uh, not selfish, or se about selfless, to rejoice in the truth. The truth is God's word. To be hopeful, to believe the best, to believe the best in people, to believe the best in your spouse, to believe the best in your, in your, in your kids. It endures. When, when that is the, the case, it, it sets a climate for your relationships. Now Jesus, he commanded this. He commanded um, in John 13, verse 34, Jesus said, a new commandment I give to you, that you love, that word again is the God kind of love, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you uh, also love one another. So we are commanded to love one another, to love our spouse, to love our kids in our home, that unconditional love, the love people, the people in our home how Jesus loved, laying down our life for each other. And that's a shift, I think, that this is not about me. It's not about what I can get, but what I can give, but about what I can give. That when our marriage is not about what can I get, but what can I give, I think that creates a greenhouse effect. When we're intentionally looking for ways to serve, to encourage, to, to support our spouse. Uh, not looking for anything in return and not a transaction. Because I don't know about you, but I want my marriage to be different than my relationship with Walmart. Because my relationship at Walmart is transactional. I'll take this thing, I'll give you this money, and it's a transaction. But I want my relationship with my spouse to be different than a transactional relationship. I want it to be based on what Jesus has said for loving one another, to be, to be selfless. And the definition I like of selfless is, is just thinking of yourself less. And, and like, if you're like, Josiah, well, what about like taking care of me? Well, last week I talked about that, about that you need to be well in order to love other people well. But I think when we are selfless, it sets the temperature for growing and flourishing marriage. And of course, the same is true for our kids. When we love our children, 
with that agape love where it's not about us, but laying down our lives. When, when, when we make it not about me, but loving as Jesus has loved us in our actions, in our words, in how we respond to cause a greenhouse in our home. Now, practically, what does this or what can this look like? Rather than now, okay, I need to find a greenhouse. Costco does have greenhouses um, available, but um, I'm not buying one. Uh, I'm not, right? I'm not? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but have you ever been uh, like arguing? Or uh, like with, with, with like a spouse or like your kids, like they're doing something. You're like, hey, stop that. And then you hear like the doorbell ring and you answer and you're like, hello. Hi. Oh, yes, I'm, I'm just doing great. I'm just, yes, just doing dandy. We don't say dandy in this household, but I'll say it to you. All right, bye-bye now. Hey, stop that. Why are we so nice to strangers, but so mean and harsh to our family? I think it's because we're comfortable. We're comfortable to unload, but really there's something that we have as a family picked up, and, and, and we say it to our kids as we say this, who are we the nicest to? Our family. So when our kids are fighting with each other, it's who are we the nicest to? Our family. Our family. And now, I, there's times I have to remind myself that when I've had a hard day. Who am I the nicest to? My family. So I don't want to unload on my family. I, who are the nicest to? My family. I think that is one way of how it can look. Uh, you know, Proverbs 18.21 tells us that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. So in other words, what you say is like a seed, and you're going to sow that, and you will reap what you're sowing. I, I think we can take that opportunity to sow words of courage into our spouse, to sow words of courage into our kids, to speak what Jesus says about them into our kids, to encourage, to really to speak life into our kids. You know, when, when disagreements come, because they will come. Um, and maybe if they haven't yet, it's maybe because we're just avoiding any conflict, which I think we'll be talking more about that later. But love, it says in the scripture, love does not boast or seek its own. So, so I'm not seeking to win in an argument. I'm actually seeking to have dialogue and to come to some way for us to continue together. Uh, when things get heated, Proverbs 15, 1 tells us this. Proverbs 15, verse 1 says this. It says, a soft answer turns away wrath, but harsh words stir up anger. You know, especially with your spouse, you know what to say to really stir things up. This is about to get a tornado here. <laughs> but a soft answer, what is that? A soft answer is, is, is turning down the temperature. It's, it's setting things right so that, that now, oh, I'm, I'm actually going to, I will be the one to make sure that this house is a greenhouse instead of stirring things up. A gentle answer. Not winning, but how can we move forward together, I think is the goal. You know, I, I, I think also on the flip side is being willing to have those 
those uncomfortable conversations. Uh, not to avoid them, but that way then you're able to talk and move forward and be on the same page. Uh, next week we're going to be talking more about that, which I think will be really good. I'll be taking notes because I'm not doing the talking. Uh, in uh, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 5, it says this again. It says, 1 Corinthians uh, verse 5 says, Do not behave rudely. Do not, uh, love, so love does not behave rudely. Love does not seek its own. Love does not seek its own. You don't seek your own benefit. So, so if the love of God that's in you does not seek its own, what are you seeking? I think you, obviously, you're seeking the will of God, but you're seeking the good of the others in your life. The others in your life. Have you ever, have you ever um, noticed this? Like when you, the car that you own, like maybe before you owned it, you never noticed that car on the road ever. But then as soon as you like own that car, it's like, they're everywhere. Thought I was getting a unique car. No, they're everywhere. There's one, there's one, there's one. And it's like, oh, there's a line of five of them now. And here we are. And, and it's because you're aware, I think, what, what we are looking for, we will find. What we're looking for, you will always find. So love seeks not my own, but others. So seeking, love seeks, looks for what ways can I, in my actions, in my words, be a blessing, encourage? Can I, can I be a blessing? Intentionally look, what ways can I create and be a blessing to my spouse or be a blessing to my kids with my words, with my actions? And as you're intentional about it, I think you're going to see it. Because you're looking for it. You're looking for it so much so that you're like, oh, I didn't know what to do. And then you look, you actually are intentional about it. It's like right in your face. It's like it was here the whole time. Uh, and, you know, I think that can be very practical things. Like there's a practical thing I do now that I didn't do before, but it's been uh, in the last little bit of just giving that certain mornings. And uh, like that is just a small thing. Of like, yeah, I'll watch the kids on, on my day off here, and you have a morning. So small. It was in my face. Why did it take me like a couple years? Well, I'm finally now seeking. You know, I, I think as well, um, for a family, I think there's uh, something to say about having intentionality. Looking for it, but then also planning for it. Right? So uh, uh, Natalie and I, we have a date night weekly. And now you might be thinking, you go out every week? No, we don't. It's usually like at home, playing games or watching a movie or doing something together. You don't need to go out to have a date night to spend time. It's really intentionally spending time. We do this with our kids too. We call it special time. It's not always going out for ice cream. That'd be wonderful if it was. <laughs> I'd just be like, okay, this week, Levi, you're buying. <laughs> um, but, but we have special time. I, I think because we can get busy and caught up in life, in the craziness of life. So schedule it. Like for work, you schedule meetings. And, and, but what matters most, you don't get paid for. So why not schedule what matters most? Schedule uh, your, for your time for your spouse, time for your kids, and be intentional. Um, and, and maybe... Maybe you're like me and you need to like have a reminder in your calendar of like, okay, think of something nice to do for Natalie that would help her out. 
uh, and just have that ping up on my phone because I can get so focused in what I'm doing. So it's like, oh, here's a nice little reminder. Josiah, that's not too genuine or like not spontaneous. No, it's intentional and thought out. That's what I do. I don't think I've ever told you. That's what I do sometimes. It is what it is. Proverbs 22, verse 6 says this. It says, Proverbs 22, verse 6 says this. It says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. As parents, I believe we're actually to, in terms of being a greenhouse in our home, is to train them, to train them up in the way they should go. Intentional, as for me in my house. See, it starts with me. As for me, and then my house, we will serve the Lord. Um, and I think most things are actually caught rather than, than taught. Like obviously there's a role of teaching, but there is, there is them seeing what I'm doing. That, that follow me as I follow Jesus, as Paul said. Uh, so how we speak to one another, our kids observe that, and they're gonna pick up that. If I say to my kids, who are the nicest to? And I make them say, our family. But then I'm awful to Natalie, what I'm saying is different than what I'm living. So they can see that. They can see the climate of, okay, are we reading our Bible and spending time with the Lord? How do we resolve conflict? Uh, how, uh, we, we talk about with Levi even, uh, because it sets the priorities in our life of, uh, we talk with him openly about our finances, about tithing, about putting God first, so much so that that is part of his rhythm. Because I want that to be part of his, his rhythm because that's what love does. You know, uh, the, I, I also think like a priority for, for me is, is our kids. So I show them that. Like if you ever ask for a meeting with me like in the evening, I'm probably going to say 7.30. Why do I like half hours? Just say you're at 2.30, you're at 7.30, what's your deal? Um, it's because I'm putting my kids to bed and then I'm meeting. Because I want my kids to feel that they are the priority in my life. Another thing I think is, is what I, what I, what I do occasionally, my kids will eventually see it as optional. So what I say is maybe important, but I do occasionally. When my kids grow up, they'll see it as optional. So whether that's uh, the spiritual climate I'm setting in, in my home, if I'm occasionally going to church, my kids, when they grow up, they're going to see it as optional. When I see it as occasionally that I'm speaking in a way uh, that is loving to my wife, they'll see that as optional when they grow up. See, what, is, what I do occasionally, they'll see as optional. So I'm going to model what I'm doing. Uh, you know, I, I think as well, uh, culture, I think our culture has no issue with laying down our life for our kids. Like, I'll do anything for my kids, and I would never get any hate by anybody. Be like, yeah, that's so good. Uh, and I would. I'd do anything for my kids. However, I think our motivation can be off at times. Like our motivation, I'll do anything for my kids so I can feel I'm a good dad. I'll do anything for my kids so that, that I know they love me. Um, but for me, like I, I love my kids to be happy. Uh, but I realize that agape love is not about me feeling like my kids are happy. It's not about me, actually. It's about them. So how I'm raising them or training them isn't just about how I feel good. Uh, my, my role, actually, is to, to help them grow in the Lord and equip them, I believe, to do life well. And so at times, it, it requires discipline. 
For, for, for me, where it doesn't feel good, I never understood this. Like parents, like when I was younger, I was like, hurts me more than it hurts you. No, it doesn't. <laughs> but it does. Proverbs talks about you spare discipline, you're going to wreck your kid. Hebrews 12 tells us that God loves us, so he disciplines us. Discipline is also discipling you, causing you to go in a way. You see, it's much easier not to discipline. It's much easier not to explain after why, like, listen, this is why your TV privileges got taken away. This is why um, this thing happened. This is, and then enforcing it and dealing with the emotions of that from them. It's like, it'd be easier not to. It'd be nicer for me. But because love, because love does not seek my own way, I think that's what we're called to do. I think uh, the other part of... Uh, having a greenhouse, I'll say this and then I'll close, is uh, something that I believe is the law of uh, first mention. And, and this, this is that any topic or subject that I want to speak to my kids about, I want to be the first one to say it. Because the first thing, time they hear it, they're going to get all the other information and, and line it up with the first thing they heard. Right? So I want to be the one who says, okay, this is what the Lord says. This is what we believe. So that as they go out in the world, they can measure it up. Okay, what has the Lord said? What have my parents said? Um, but can I encourage you today as we close? Can I encourage you with this? Is that none of us are like there, right? Like wherever there is. None of us are like, oh my goodness, okay. We need to be there wherever it is. I think the love of God is kind of like that overgrown sweater that your grandma gives you and it's like you'll grow into it i think that's the love of god too you'll you'll grow into it that as we grow in the lord that we'll grow into being able to operate more and more so oh man i didn't do that well this week it's okay you'll grow into it but just being intentional of i'm going to set the climate i'm going to set the climate and it starts with me. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Thank you for joining us for the Thrive Church Podcast. We hope this message encouraged you, built your faith, and helped you thrive with God and thrive in life. We would love to see you on a Sunday soon, in person or online. You can get all the information at thrivecalgary.ca. If you would like to support a partner with Thrive Church financially, you can do so by going to thrivecalgary.ca and click the Give button. Know God is for you. We love you and have a great week.